This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hacha! Hi, this is Tony Moore, an artist of The Walking Dead, Fear Agent, and Deadpool, and you're listening to The Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Max. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is my pleasure to welcome you to episode 162 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, May 14th. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter, at Matt Baumstein. And when I'm not revisiting the Maniac Cop trilogy, like it's my damn job, I'm writing the Comic Speculator blog for WorkPoint.com. Ladies and gentlemen, David DeMarco, take it away! (laughs) And I'm Dave DeMarco. You can find me at David L. DeMarco on the Twitter. And when I'm not covering Joe's butt and returning to this cute little show to appease my own cult following, I am the co-owner of Legend Comics and coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Not many of you know this. Joe Patrick fell off the toilet last night and hurt his back. So he, he, he can't butt. be with us today. His butt is real hurt. Dave's going to do his best. In this week's episode, you'll hear our reviews of The Walking Dead, number 127, and The United States of Murder, Incorporated. It's funny. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> number one. After that, we'll review 10 more of this week's new comics, faster than the big hip king of the monsters can run us down during the ludicrous speed round. Then... We'll retire to the Teach and Sanctum Sanctorum, where Dave and I are sitting down with Beyonce, Solange, or however the hell you say her name, Solange, and Jay-Z, and putting an end to all the conspiracy theories while we talk about what we're going to be reading next week. And then, oh boy, David DeMarco will bravely pick up the mic and drop some science on you listeners when the comic pushers return. But before we get to all that B and S, let's take a moment to assure our listeners there is no sexist disparity here and that all our love slaves are paid the same regardless of their sex and that is absolutely nothing they're paid in love that's right and then we'll talk about this week's big news sometimes it's punishment but there's a very fine line right Brace yourself, ladies. Magic Mike himself, Channing Tatum, will be your new gambit. He was really good in Magic Mike. I never saw Magic Mike. It was Mike. fun. Never saw it. It's a bunch of strippers. Steven Soderbergh. Isn't it just that, that Chris Farley skit from no, Saturday Night Live? not at all. Not at all? Nope. Are you sure? True story. Wasn't Jonah Hill in Magic Mike? Maybe. I don't remember. I never no, saw it. No. I never saw it. <laughs> uh, Lauren Schuler. Lauren Schuler Donner? Richard Donner. Lauren Donna Shula. Sh- Donna Shula. Stop this. <laughs> confirm the casting. Don Shula of the Miami <laughs> Dolphins confirm the casting. Stating that the character will appear in a standalone film, which is likely to hit screens in 2018. Speaking of Tatum, Shuler Donner. There you go. Donna Summer. Donna Summer <laughs> said, he's a rogue. He's a rogue. Channing. He's a rascal, just like Remy LeBeau. And he can handle the action. We all know that. And he's got really good heart because I know him personally. I did a movie with him. So I think it'll be great. He'll be great for Gambit. <laughs> was and she he's, drunk? What yes, you uh, apparently. That's great. That's he's got a lot of heart. I did a movie with him. Uh, <laughs> I know him. But he's, a, he's not from New Orleans, but he is a Southerner. He understands that world. And you know Gambit loves New Orleans. Yes, I am well aware. Uh, I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> he's been heavily rumored that Tatum's first appearance as Gambit will come in 2016's X-Men Apocalypse, but that has not been confirmed. Matt, do you think Tatum is a good match for the Ragin' Cajun? No, but. No with a but. I like Channing Tatum. I think everyone likes Channing Tatum. He's a super likable guy. And right. he started off as like beefcake jackass. And I was like, who is this dude? Right. And then the more we saw of him, the more we realized, wait a minute, he's really funny. Here's, he's very down to earth. 
But he's just, he's not Gambit. Every single movie that I see Channing Tatum in, I think that was pretty good for Channing Tatum. Right. That's, <laughs> that's all. Every time I'm like, I'm going to be disappointed with it. handicapped. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. I also think every time I see a trailer for something that Channing Tatum was supposed to be in it and then he wasn't. And then I'm like, oh, well, that's probably better. Like Red Dawn. Oh. Channing Tatum was not in Red Dawn. Yes. That was Chris Hemsworth. Be- and because Channing Tatum made a good decision by not being in Red Dawn. He was probably in G.I. Joe instead of Red Dawn. Equally bad decision. Paid more for G.I. Joe. <laughs> Perhaps. And Red Dawn had been made for like five years or something. I have the definitive person to play Gambit. Who? Uh, his name is Adam Driver. Yes. It's a great choice. He is on that show where the fat girl eats cakes on the toilet. <laughs> I think it's called Girls. I don't care what it's pretty called. Pretty sure it's called Girls. <laughs> I think and I'm pretty sure that's all that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adam Driver makes a perfect Gambit because Gambit at his core, at his core is greasy and gross. And kind of, yeah. And Adam Driver and looks greasy and gross. Tall and skinny. Yes. Channing Tatum is built like a brick house. Yes, he's a broad man. He's just too big. Like, if you told me Channing Tatum is Colossus, well, that makes sense. Sure. Because he's huge and he's ripped. Or strong guy. Or strong guy. I love it. Because all he has to do is shave his head yeah, and wear put those, on like, sunglasses. tanning sunglasses. <laughs> right. Exactly. In other Hollywood news, director Zack Snyder has given the world its first look at Ben Affleck as Batman in the upcoming Man of Steel sequel. The photo was in black and white. So, there is no indication of a particular color scheme other than maybe dark but it's clear brooding brooding is a color scheme (laughs) but it's clear that the suit is heavily inspired by frank miller's batman design from Mm -hmm. the dark knight returns the suit features short bat ears and it seems to be much more like a traditional costume rather than the bulky body armor seen in all of the past films I like it. The photo also featured a partial glimpse of Batman's iconic vehicle, which looks a lot more Batmobile and a lot less Tumblr. So, David, gut reactions. Flickman, Batfleck. <laughs> what do you think? I like Batfleck. I am excited. I like the idea of the blue and gray Batman from the 70s. And if from, that's what we're getting. If that's what we're getting. I don't know because it's black and white. Right. Um, I have no problems with Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't either. I, do, I think he's fine. Um, I do have a problem with Zack Snyder after Man of Steel. So I, I, you know, I, I'm anxious to see Batman whip out the, the revolvers that he carries to end crime with a bullet to the forehead. <laughs> no, Just, I heard he's going to have a gun that shoots cobras. Oh, yeah. <laughs> perfect. You know, because he's Batman. <laughs> of course, right. I don't know what we can glean from this. And I will say I have had reactions when I've seen other people in suits and they show it on the internet and I go, right. Like when we saw green lantern with like the weird toe shoes and stuff, you know, or whatever. And this guy, it just looked wrong. Yeah. We went, that doesn't look right. Right. I did not have that reaction to this. No, I love the stubby ears. Yeah. The stubby ears made me very happy. No, it's just a black and white picture. Let's wait and see what happens next. But so far, I'm not unhappy. No, I mean, again, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. Zack Snyder is still involved. I don't, I don't know. I I don't feel that Man of Steel was poorly directed. I feel like it was poorly written. Well, okay. Well, then I don't know who wrote. Yeah. Uh, David Goyer. David, oh, I don't like David David Goyer. Goyer. (laughs) Just waiting to suck. Yeah. Didn't he write both Ghost Riders? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Great. Moving to television, three of this fall's DC Comics adaptations have debuted in trailer form, offering fans a first glimpse of what they have to offer. First, Fox released a teaser for Gotham, featuring brief looks at the principal cast in character as Jim Gordon, Harvey Bullock, Bruce Wayne, Oswald Cobblepot, etc. 
Then NBC released a two minute trailer for Constantine, proudly proclaiming its vertigo inspiration and featuring John Constantine exercising demons and looking appropriately scruffy. And finally, the CW released a five-minute promo for their upcoming Arrow spinoff, The Flash. The clip offered a substantial look at the main cast, including Grant Gustin using his powers as the title character, Iris West and her detective father, the villainous weather wizard, and even a glimpse of what looks like the reverse Flash. Matt, is it just me, or do all of these shows look really great? I watched all these, mm-hmm. and I've gone on record as saying that I don't expect much from The Flash because I hated Arrow so much, and I don't think DC... Arrow has gotten better in the second season. I've heard it's improved, and to be fair, haven't watched any of the second season. As long as The Flash... Again, the Arrow killed a lot of people in the first season. Right. He couldn't stop. It was like, like eating popcorn. Don't just worry, <laughs> folks. It's me, The Flash. Murder, 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 right. murder, murder. All the bad guys are dead. Horribly. As <laughs> long as The Flash... It looks like The Flash has a feel like it's bouncy and, you know, it's like yeah. peppy. Now, we saw good. five minutes of it. Yeah. We saw him running around. Look cool. Catching people, getting hit by cars in slow motion. I got to say, it looked pretty cool. Quoting Mark Wade. I feel better after seeing that trailer than I have the whole time they've been developing this sure. and saying it's spinning out of their, you know, arrow or whatever. Right. Constantine. Eh. I mean, it's a hard one to get wrong. You well, know? yeah, it is a hard one. To get, it's easy to get it wrong, but it's also hard to get it wrong. Right. He should be British. He should be British. scruffy. He's he scruffy. should be drunk. He should be dealing with the supernatural. It, we all saw those all things. of those things and it didn't look bad. No. It, and there was a legitimately scary bit in the trailer I saw where like a grandmother yeah. does that thing where her, yes. uh, her uh, mouth opens and black ooze comes out of yes. it and her face turns crazy. And now that we've seen that NBC is willing to take chances like with like the blacklist where they can do some pretty violent, sure. pretty disturbing stuff. I feel a lot better about this too. I think they have no choice but to take chances now. Yes. Considering. <laughs> if you want to keep up with cable, you have to. Right. The, I will say Gotham mm-hmm. didn't do as much for me. Gotham, while I think will be interesting. I hope so. I hope so too. Right. I mean, it's, I do think there will, it, here's the problem. If they're going to constantly, like they show young Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. they show like young Catwoman, that will get annoying really fast. Yeah, this could suffer from Star Wars Episode One syndrome. Right. Where yeah, everyone's a kid. They're like, here's <laughs> all the stuff about these characters that you never cared about. Right. I want to know. Like, I wonder what Batman was like when he was five. You know? <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Honestly. But I do love uh, Donald Logue as... Uh, Bullock. Any work for Donal Logue is good. It's true. He's been great on Vikings. I was so glad to see him on that show. If you're not watching Vikings, you should. I did not have you. Excellent. Terriers. Yes. Terriers. Ripped my guts out. Rest in peace, Terriers. Man, when that show was canceled, I was visibly upset. It was super good. But yeah, I got to say, all three don't look bad. And if the WB wants to compete with Marvel, this is a good way to start. It's true. They have to have a win somewhere, considering that they're just losing on the movie front. Comic front, too. Right? Mm. Oh, yeah. He's just not my type of dog. He's just not... Terrier. That is the big news for this week. If you'd like to discuss these stories or anything you think we missed, hit us up at the THN forums, where... Joe will be pointing out that he wrote all the news this week and thought that Dave and I would probably tear apart these CWWB shows. <laughs> and he's probably just thrilled to hear that we actually thought they were pretty cool. I'll tear him apart when he's at work just to bother him. There you go. There yeah. you go. 
Every Friday, Dainty Joe Patrick would normally post the question of the week in our THN web forum, which you can find by clicking the link at twittednerd.com. But this week, David DeMarco got the honor. Mr. DeMarco, what did we ask the listeners? This week's question, courtesy of Wooly Toots, who is your favorite fictional character that comes from your hometown? If there aren't any characters from your actual hometown, any town in which you have previously lived is allowed. We won't know any better. It's true. And you could lie. Right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I grew up in Metropolis. Of course Superman is my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> well, you got Smallville, Illinois. Oh, uh, I suppose that's true. Have you been there? Uh, isn't it Metropolis, Illinois? Is it? I thought it was Smallville, Illinois. I think it's Metropolis, Illinois. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. Barack Obama is standing in front of that statue, so he can say <laughs> Superman. Now, pay attention because we are making some minor changes to question and answer of the week. The rules are still the same. You can call us and leave a message with your answer using Skype. Our Skype handle is Two Headed Nerd or at our Ziggurat direct line, 402 819 4894. But please keep it under three minutes or you'll get cut off. Or you can send us an MP3 to thn at gmail.com. But a, two, I'm sorry, twoheadednerd at gmail.com. Oh, sorry. To twoheadednerd at gmail.com. So you go to THN, it's the hockey news. Get that email. <laughs> the hockey news. But again, keep it under three minutes. And if you need more time than that, feel free to write your full answer in the question of the week section of the Twoheaded Nerd web forums, which is where you will find Matt and Joe's answers, which is where you'll find Matt and Joe's answers from now on. It's your show, and in an effort to get more of you on the air, we're getting the heck out of your way. It's true. Totally. It's review time on THN, where Dave and I ask two of this week's new comics to turn their heads and cough while we fiddle about between their covers. Dave, did you find any foreign growths? In your read this week. Yes, a weeping sore. Ooh. No, it's not Sore's so bad. kind. <laughs> not as bad as all that. My comic for this week was a review of The Walking Dead, number 127, published by Image, story by Robert Kirkman, art by Charlie Adler. Walking Dead is a comic that, for whatever reason, people do not read on a monthly or, in the case of the last dozen issues or so, a bi-weekly basis. It's absolutely true. So undoubtedly, people are behind... And I will do my best to keep this review spoiler free. I am not going to to I'm not going to talk about how Maggie and Andrea die gruesomely. <laughs> I am not going to talk about the circumstances behind Carl becoming a zombie and retaining his human intelligence. And I certainly will not talk about the shadowy underground colony of scientists that is behind the entire zombie outbreak and how it all might tie into the Invincible You universe. know what? God bless you. I'm not going to say any of because those Because that would really get us some ratings. It was a pretty big issue let us be fair uh seriously uh what new things does this issue bring to the table we get a group of survivors who stumble upon rick's thriving community of alexandria uh there's a painful introduction scene where magna or magna is her name the leader of this ragtag group of people and she rattles off the members of her group like this is kelly and Kelly's like, yeah, that's me. I'm Kelly. Yo, yo, yo. And this is Luke. Nice place you got here. And this is the Asian girl who, if you ask her if she knows Kung Fu, will kick you in the nuts. And then she says something pithy. It's really painful. Really? <laughs> it is the one of the worst, like, ugh, that is all. I understand. Exposition. And I'm a spinner. I'm sure I'm in a wheelchair, but I can still pop a wheelie. Right. <laughs> <Or whatever. laughs> no one in the history of ever introduces their friends this way. Like, you're at a right. wedding reception, like, this is my friend Bart. He's a real cut up. And Bart goes like, you're 
You know, like, that does not <laughs> that does not happen in reality. I like yibbity yibba. Yibbity uh, It was it was bad. It was just a terrible hackneyed sort of feeling thing. The other big thing in this issue, and I don't consider this to be a spoiler because if you don't know what happened, it doesn't matter. Right. It is two years in the future. It is a, this is a time jump issue, okay. and that is kind of a big deal. Uh, there is no flying cars or jetpacks. Rick and his survivors have not perfected the future. Time to go to work on the moon, guys. They have <laughs> they have apparently rediscovered agriculture, building barns, gardening, practicing zombie herding, all that sort of fun stuff. It's very boring. And then there's this terrible dad. We need to talk, Carl. You know, coming to Rick. We got to talk, Dad. And it's like, oh, what is it? It's super serious. Yeah, Carl wants to move out of his child bedroom into like the big boy room. That's the big discussion that they hint at. All right. It's really lame. Okay. And then there's a shocker at the end because every, and that's not a spoiler because every single issue of Walking Dead ends with like, someone's head is cut off. Oh God. This is what they do. Right. And so, and, and the shocker makes the whole time jump thing largely irrelevant. It's like, well, great. Now we're just back to status quo. And I got to tell you, I like The Walking Dead. I've enjoyed it for a long time. I like the art. I like the characters. I like not knowing because Robert Kirkman, you know, it's like George R.R. Martin. He's not afraid to kill people that fans enjoy. I like genuine surprises. And this time jump is jarring, but I know me and I will get over it in a couple of issues and it'll be just back to normal. I know you too. Right. (laughs) And after I'm over it, I worry that I feel like I've kind of fallen out of love with The Walking Dead. Like, it's kind of getting boring. No Right. And I'm sad to say that. Wow. I hope that Robert Kirkman has got something huge planned that will reinvigorate me. But right now, I'm just like, this is, I don't care. Like, like give the world to the zombies now. It's done. So, I don't I don't care anymore. So buy it, skim it, leave it. I would say skim it because if you are a fan of The Walking Dead and maybe you don't feel the way I do, this is a perfectly legit, it's, it's a bigger issue. There's more stuff going on. Right. There is a shocking thing at the end that you might want to know about. But you're getting bored. I'm getting bored. Okay. So yeah, um, that's fair. certainly skim it. That's fair. And with that, Matt, what did you read for this week? This week, I picked up The United States of Murder Incorporated from Marvel. This is written by B.M. Bendis with art <laughs> by Michael Avon Oming. This is Bendis and Oming's story of what if the most powerful organized crime families of America's past never lost power. The entire East Coast is basically run by mafia families, and the rest of the U.S. is referred to as the Outer Territories. Here we follow a newly made mobster, Vinnie Gallo, on his first trip to the outer colonies to meet a senator and deliver a briefcase. But, of course, the job doesn't go as expected, and Vinnie has a lot to learn about his own family. I've been a huge fan of this creative team since they first teamed up for their other semi-regular series, Powers. Emphasis on semi. Yeah, huge emphasis on the semi. Believe it or not, Bendis wasn't always writing superhero comics. Back in the early 90s, BM was writing (laughs) and drawing crime fiction and drawing as well for Caliber Press. Comics like Jinx, Fire, and AKA Goldfish, all of which were wonderful reads. Unfortunately, Mr. Bendis did not get paid for them. Right. Caliber ended pretty badly. They were all all very good. (laughs) They were fantastic. 
This new series very much gets back to Bendis' crime roots, and even Oming seems to be taming down his cartoony tendencies to tell a more realistic crime story. As usual, Bendis shines with his dialogue here. Is it formulaic? Sure. But when you've got a great formula, you stick with it. Slayer's been playing the same death metal style for more than 20 years, and you don't hear their fans complaining, especially not me. If this were just a near-future crime story about the mob running the East Coast by this creative team, I would still say buy it. But in true Bendis fashion, there's an excellent twist that takes the story from interesting to an absolute must-read. That twist Man, was very good. I, and it's nothing that anyone could have seen coming. I did not see it coming. Because it's just fantastic <laughs> it was oming's art is simple and stunning as usual i don't know anyone else working in comics at present that can convey as much emotion with as little detail as he uses it's just fantastic here great coloring as well as always which we've come to expect from oming right it's true given the choice I might prefer more powers from these two, but I will take what I can get. And so far, this looks like a wonderful substitute. I just hope they can stick with it. That's the fear I have about this. Yes. It's so good, but powers was great too. I don't want to wait nine months for issue two. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'm giving this a huge buy it. It's very good. I agree. I also would give... United States of Murder Incorporated, a buy it, although that title is awkward to say. It was wonderful, like watching Donnie Brasco. Just yeah. a, a solid crime, yeah. noir sort of tale. A great twist. Uh, certainly a twist that is just, I mean, it's bonkers. It's right up there with like the end of the issue, uh, one of Ex Machina. You know, just, right. oh, that was incredible. Right. So ser- seriously, yes, go out, read this book. You will love it. Hopefully we'll get one every, I'm going to f- cross my fingers for one every two months. I think that'll be a step up. Here's to hoping. You're a glass half full kind of guy. I am full of pee. Gross. (laughs) I just went to the doctor. (laughs) That is a single skimmit for The Walking Dead 127. I am not caught up. And a double buy it for the United States of Murder Incorporated number one. Of course, we want to know what you made men and dead folks thought of these comics. So after you're done swearing your allegiance to or eating your family, hit us with your opinions over at the This Week's Comics section of the THN forums, which, like we say all the time, you can find by clicking the forum button at TwoHeadedNerd.com. It couldn't be easier. As I'm sure you're aware, Godzilla made his return to the big screen this weekend, much to the delight of kaiju fans everywhere. Like me! (laughs) What you may not have heard is that the king of the monsters himself has been on a year-long PR tour leading up to the film to clean up his old silly reputation by destroying all the existing copies of his late 1970s Marvel Comics run. That son of a bitch. (laughs) When the big G showed up at the ziggurat, Matt and I grabbed our prized Godzilla long boxes and beat feet out of here. So join us now as we run from certain back issue destruction while we review 10 of this week's new comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed, go! Being Puppy Cat, number one, boom. I had no idea what to expect from this one. This is a series about a girl and her puppy slash cat spun out of a Kickstarter campaign to bring the short animated series from Cartoon Hangover, which is a website, and I admit, 
I've never seen the shorts, but man, this is comic great. Think <laughs> Adventure Time meets Hayao Miyazaki. It's psychedelic, it's bizarre, it's cute, it's funny, and it's really, really well drawn. I can't tell you what it's about for the life of me <laughs> or who it's geared to, but this is cute core comics at its best. I loved this. Cute core. Buy it. Afterlife with Archie, number five from Archie Comics. The story is by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and artwork by Francesco Francavilla. Initially, I was skeptical of the idea of an Archie comic book taking place in a zombie-style universe, and then I read it, and I am happy to say that this entire series is still going strong with issue five. The stakes are high, familiar faces in Riverdale have already been zombified, so no one is safe, and in this particular issue, it focuses on a long-ignored character in Riverdale, Smithers, Veronica's butler. I have no idea who that is, but I do love this book. It is awesome. Man, and there's buy no it. rules. <laughs> right, no, yeah, absolutely no rules. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Weird Love, number one, from IDW. IDW has become the official comics historian and librarian of classic comics, and it seems here they're reprinting some amazingly bizarre love comics of the 1950s. Stories range from a woman falling in love with a commie oh to my. another woman driven to madness by her own passion. <laughs> the 50s were weird <laughs> I'd read more of this hyper dramatized romance any day this is so much fun buy it that sounds amazing it's just beyond bizarre all new ultimates number two from Marvel Comics initially I was excited for more Miles Morales and all new ultimates would have filled that void however in a team book that means substantially less Miles Morales than in other stories true and other than Ultimate Black Widow I do not care for any other members of this team. So hopefully this book finds its footing, but right now it's kind of a mess. So I will say skim it. Mm. Think Tank, fun with PTSD, number one from Image. Writer Matt Hawkins has quietly built up an amazing character piece starring Dr. David Lauren, a child prodigy that now works for the military and is a bit of a f*** up. <laughs> he disagrees with their definition of the greater good. Here, Lauren is doing his best to help a soldier and friend suffering from PTSD after he murdered his wife during a nightmare. Eesh. This is a surprisingly touching look at the plight of soldiers suffering from this condition. Another really well-written issue of Think Tank. Not enough of you are reading this one. Go out and buy it. Don't be afraid of black and white comics. They're awesome. Star Trek New Visions, The Mirror Cracked from IDW. Hey, Star Trek fans. Do you want to know what happened after the iconic Mirror Mirror episode of the original Star Trek television show? Yes, I do. Then this is the book for you. If you are like me, however, and cannot stand photo comics, then this book will bug the crap out of you. It's not to say the story isn't good, and kudos to John Byrne for writing a fun Star Trek tale. I just wish that he had drawn the thing... I cannot stand photo comics. Is that what they did? It's a 100% just uh, live action photo comic. Lame. I hated it. Ugh. I mean, I I would say if you're a Star Trek fan, obviously read it or skim it. Sorry. Skim it. But if you do not like photo comics, leave it. What does Dave think? I I would leave it. Okay. There personally. you go. <laughs> we want to know what you think. Well. That's yeah. why we put you on this show. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Superman Doomed, number one from DC. The next big soup story starts here with a one-shot written by Scott Lobdell, Charles Soule, and Greg Pak. It's kind of an orgy type affair. Here, we see the return of a bigger and badder Doomsday, and it turns out the first time he showed up, it may have been Lil Doomy in his <laughs> larval form. 
Ken Lashley overdraws the hell out of this one in his usual hyper-detailed style, and it looks great. Yeah. If the story goes where I think it's going, it could be interesting, and it looks like this one shot might be a really important part of this story for a change. I didn't expect much here, and I have to say, I'm interested. I was going to say skim it, but you know what? I'm giving a buy it. In retrospect, I'm saying buy it. All right. Tales from the Con, number one from Image. I was sort of hoping for a more lighthearted Eltingville club bolstered by Chris Giarusso's amazing art. However, what I got was a series of one-panel jokes that were more suited for Parade Magazine than a comic book. And I am sorry to say that. I laughed a few times, but not enough to recommend rushing out and buying this issue, so I would say leave it. Ooh, sorry. Deadly Hands of Kung Fu number one from Marvel. Mike Benson does a fantastic job writing a very believable version of Shang-Chi here. I really liked how he set up Shang's Buddhist no-mind principles and showed us how Marvel's Bruce Lee can deal out justice without vengeance or emotion. But someone should have told penciler (laughs) Tang Eng Huat that the main character was Asian because the way he drew Shang-Chi, who looked like he was being played by Adrian Brody, was anything but... (laughs) The art was not bad, but there were some really odd scenes with strange cross-hatching shadows on the faces where they just absolutely don't belong unless, I don't know, Captain America drool over his face with a marker. (laughs) I wanted to love this more. I can only give it a skim. Astro City, number 12 from Vertigo. Graham Nolan does a fine job filling in for Brett Anderson on art. Love Graham Nolan. Yeah, he was really great. And Kurt Busiek does his usual great job of focusing on an aspect of supervillainy rarely ever discussed, the clothes. This issue is all about a guy who loves clothes and is a supervillain. That's cool. He's a clothes horse supervillain. That is cool. And it is great. It is so great, and I love it, and this is exactly why people should be reading Astro City all the time. All right. I give it a buy it. That is your ludicrous speed round, and Screehonk is a sound made by an angry Godzilla as we're spirited away in the two-headed nerd Fantasticar by our trusty pilot Beeps with Matt's Marvel Godzilla's run in tow. Whew. Good job, buddy. <laughs> After video of Beyonce's sister Solange attacking Jay- Solange. <laughs> After video of Beyonce's sister Solange attacking Jay-Z in an elevator emerged on the internet this week, it only seemed right to invite the three of them to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to talk through their differences and silence all the internet conspiracies once and for all. And of course, talk about what we'll all be reading next week. It was the calm, problem-solving skills of the very patient David DeMarco Thank you. that got Solange, or possibly Solange, Solange, to reveal the whole argument started after Jay-Z said, Captain Benjamin Sisko was a far better commanding officer than Captain Catherine Janeway. It's true. For now, the two have agreed to disagree, and Beyonce, like us, Beyonce. knows <laughs> that neither one of them would even have their command without Captain Jean with Picard. But let's not start new arguments. Let's focus on next week's comics. Dave, what are you excited to read next week? My pick for next week is Saga number 19, written by Brian K. Vaughn, art by Fiona Staples, uh, from Image Comics. Saga returns, new planet, new adversaries, and a very new direction. All from the same old Hugo Award winning team. And it's returning from a three month hiatus. Yeah, I know. 
I love it when but it But I like back. the way that they do it because it gives you everybody a chance to catch up. Right. They're no, like, I never have to worry about this. spoilers. Here's the trade. <laughs> Take your time. Yep. You're <laughs> yeah, right. Catch up. Absorb. It's a cool way to do it. Yeah. Matt, what are you reading next week? Next week, I'm checking out MPH number one from Image. This is written by Mark Miller. Art by Duncan Fergredo. Here's your solicit. The all-new Miller World universe kicks into high gear with the launch of Miller and Fergredo's Fast and Furious miniseries. When a group of hard-luck teens in Motor City stumble upon a street drug called MPH, they gain the power of super speed. Will they use it to save the world? Hell no! (laughs) Not when there's a dollar-dollar bills to be had, y'all! A high-octane urban adventure, MPH brings you super speed like you've never seen it before. I kind of love it. It's like these kids get the powers, and instead of instantly being like, wait, we should do the right thing. Right. You know, right. they're like, let's f- shit up. <laughs> I, my curiosity. That's exactly where I would have been. <laughs> where do they, what do you mean, like, stumble upon a super speed drug? I mean, I, I would assume they buy it from a dealer or something. Or Maybe, like, mix up some meth and use, like, Excedrin instead of possibly Sudafed, and I it mean, gives them super speed. Will you relax? We're going to get there next week. <laughs> The THN Trade of the Week next week goes to Star Trek Khan from IDW. Ah. Written by Mike Johnson with art by Claudia Balboni. I think she's Jewish. I'm not positive. Balboni? (laughs) It's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's your solicit. Witness the shocking origin of Khan Noonien Singh from his earliest years through his rise to power during the epic eugenics wars. Behold the events that led to his escape from Earth aboard the Botany Bay. Learn the truth behind his reawakening by Admiral Marcus and Section 31. <laughs> it's the origin of Star Trek's greatest villain! Told entirely in photos. I l- yeah. <laughs> no. I loved this. This well, miniseries sure. was so great. And yeah. if you loved Benedict Cumberbatch being a badass in the last Star Trek movie, you'll love it too. It was very good. As always, we want to know what you trickies and R&B divas are reading next week. So... Head over to the THN forums and drop some nerd science on us for a change, yo. (laughs) On your mark, ready, set, let's go. Magic Card Pro, I know you know I went psycho when Hearthstone hit. Just can't sit, gotta get magic with it. Ooh, that's it. Now, honey, honey, come watch. MTG all up in my eyes. Got a lot of dice in my bag. High roll for first, I'ma win it. Everybody look at me, tapping that land. Wishing they held cards that I had. Here with this handsome lad, full of hot foil in my Cuba, Cuba. My unguid lands for a look. My deck demands. Ave day, the anime, and the ornamente. Giving up priority, feel like foreplay. <laughs> yeah, my mana pool is infinite. Ha <laughs> ha, big David combo, gonna win it. Getting magic with it. Getting magic with it. I told you you could do this. <laughs> he didn't believe he could do it, folks. I don't think I did do it. <laughs> you did it. I don't think so. You absolutely I'm sorry, did. everybody. I'm See, so we don't sorry. need no Joe Patrick to drop sick rhymes around here. <laughs> I think we do. I MC- think we need him back immediately. <laughs> this, that's MC DeMarco, and when he's rapping at y'all, it must mean it's time for the comic pushers to come on back and <laughs> sling some highly addictive comics to impressionable comic junkies everywhere. This week, a glass pipe worshiping tweaker named Dozo writes via the THN forums. All right, pusher pros, I need a comic series or two to read. I read mostly Marvel books. Ex-specific Wolverine-sided books, but I do read an occasional DC. Don't. 
Brother Lono. <laughs> okay. And Savage Dragon is great. I've read Preacher, 100 Bullets, the X titles pre the first cancellation of Uncanny, Bone, Original Ultimates, pre New 52 Green Lantern, Hitman, G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, and Planetary, just to name a bunch. I'm looking for something that will keep my interest and not get restarted in a few months and hopefully has just or recently started so I can get in on the ground floor. After listening to the latest show, I think I'll be picking up the woods. Good choice. It sounds interesting enough for me to try out, but I want something more. Hopefully, the above-listed comics will give the two of you something to go on and get me started reading on something new with substance that I will like. Thanks, guys. Anything you suggest, I'll give at least three issues and give you feedback on. Sincerely, Doug. Doe's always his name on the THN forums. Right. I hope we didn't just out him. Dave... We read what he's into. He's looking for a series, something with substance, something that's either just started or only been around for a little bit. Any ideas for him? Well, I'm a big fan of Daredevil and She-Hulk, both of which are fairly recently started. I believe She-Hulk's on issue four. Uh, both True. lawyer-centric books. And I think that they have a great deal of what's the word I'm looking for? Chutzpah. Chutzpah, right. <laughs> They're both well-written. I like the art in both books, and I hope I hope that they have... I mean, Daredevil certainly has the fortitude. She-Hulk tends to have a... I want the She-Hulk book to win, because Dan Slott is killing it. It's so right. good. It's, it's really good. so good. She has a bad track record. Yes, for, it's true. For keeping a book going. Well, it's hard to sell a She-Hulk book to someone who doesn't know. right. I mean, like, obviously, nerds like you and I have an affinity to She-Hulk. Right. There's been great She-Hulk series before that we both loved. Yes. And it's just someone walks in the street and you go, you know what's great? She-Hulk. And then they look at you weird. And they're like, oh, you're they, a pervert. They think you're a pervert. Oh, cool. It is a, <laughs> is a tale I know too well. Those are good answers, though. Both of those. Dare, the new Daredevil and the new She-Hulk, both very fun. Also, a new Ghost Rider just launched recently. I have not read it yet. Trad Moore is drawing it. It looks very, great. Very, very cool looking. Yeah. I was going to throw out a DC suggestion, and it's one that not enough people are reading. A guy named Simon Oliver is writing it with art by Robbie Rodriguez. It's a book called Federal Bureau of Physics. It's very good. And it is so cool. It's only up to issue 12. I believe the first trade is out for the first six issues. The first trade is out. It is available at your local comic book store. Totally worth picking up. The first issue is called Collider. Right, and then we got sued. Yeah. We reviewed it on the show. Joe and I both liked it very much. We both gave it huge buy-its. A lot of fun. It's basically about a group of federal agents that deal with problems in reality, right. more or less. Like a place where, say, school kids are accidentally floating. Right. <laughs> you know? It's an X-Files book-ish, right. but, but the problems are even more fantastical. Yes, and it's just wonderful. It's Excellent like Fringe book. meets the X-Files. Very much so. That's a good, good, that was really good. Thank I was you. looking for something. That was excellent. Boom. I would also throw out Five Ghosts. This is the story of, the, the long title is Five Ghosts, The Haunting of Fabian. Nacieza. No. <laughs> no, you moron. <laughs> Fabian Gray. Yes. Five Ghosts is a story of a, Indiana Jones type treasure hunter yes. that is literally possessed by five different ghosts of literary characters that we will all recognize. There's like a Sherlock Holmes, there's mm -hmm. a Count Dracula, there's 
Hey. The ghost of Dracula. <laughs> Samurai. <laughs> and there's two others that I can't the remember. The creature from the Black Lagoon. It is so much fun. Frank J. Barberi is an up-and-coming talent. Joe and I reviewed a lot of stuff from him recently. Blackout being a book that he's doing for mm-hmm. Dark Horse, which is also fun and just started. Great writer. Excellent art by Chris Mooneyham. It's got a really, really fun Silver Age feel to it where anything could happen. Right. Anything. There's no rules. If you love Raiders of the Lost Ark and you love the supernatural, man, this book is fantastic. Number 12 comes out in two weeks. You can pick up the first six issues in trade, which is out now. You can probably find all 11 issues still fairly cheap, but probably not for too much longer. This is a fantastic series. Highly recommended to you. So there's a few solid suggestions for you there. Thanks for the question, Doug. And we want to know if any of these suggestions hit home. So please check in with us at the forums and let us know. And if you are looking for a new read, you can hit us up at twoheadednerd.com where you will find all our contact info. It's true. Sort of of, break it 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 down like this. this. And that is it for the We Don't Need No Stinking Joe Patrick episode of THN. If you have recently replaced your best friend too, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or tune in where we still need your iTunes star ratings and reviews, your Stitcher thumbs up, and your tune in hearts because it helps us to connect with other potential listeners. Thanks to all our donors. And if you'd like to help keep us in oxycodone for Joe's back, poor you guy, can, you can make your donation in any amount using our friendless PayPal button at twoheadednerd.com. And if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation monthly box. And as little as $1 a month really does help fuel Joe's pill addiction. It's true. While you're there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Skype, and our Ziggurat hotline. The phone number is... 402-819-4894. Ricky, don't lose that number. <laughs> Using this impressive list of resources, you can hit us with your Ask a Nerd comic questions or trivia challenges. You can defend your questionable comic tastes in front of the honorable two-headed judge for our Defender segment, or you can ask us to review your self-published comic, Ooh. be it printed, digital, watercolored, whatever. And don't forget to go sign up for the THN forums. This is your little virtual piece of the ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show, tell us about your own favorite pain pills, or just rap about comics, baby. Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page and watch the forums if you want to get in on the question of the week discussion. And then be sure to tune in to hear everyone's answer on the Answer of the Week podcast. From here on, the show is yours. It's yours. It's yours forever. If you want to hear our answers, you'll have to go to the forums and read them. We want to get as many calls as possible, so we're taking ourselves out of the picture. You don't need to hear us rambling anymore. Right. You hear it an hour a week. I mean, come on. Nothing else is changing. Twitter Nerd will still show up in your RSS feed. Same THN time, same THN channel. And if you need more Twitter Nerd in your life now, get over to TwitterNerd.com and check out... A New Tales of the TD Dubs by Tony Dugwright, Batman Forever Part 6 by Kevin Coffey, and Ludicrous Speed Reviews. But be careful. They are sometimes offensive and not forever. It's that Aaron Myers kid. I'll tell you what, he's got a real <laughs> mouth on him. Next week, we're reading and reviewing Ed Pisker's The Hip Hop Family Tree for our Take a Look, It's in a Book segment. I can't wait to hear what White Boy Joe Patrick has to say about hip hop history. Our weekly shout out this week goes to Zach Hollowell and his lovely lady Shauna, who not only let him have sex with her, but he got her preggers. Oh, another nerd. Word to you crazy kids. And until next time, true
believers. Remember to pre-order your comics. Most notably, last broadcast, number one from Boom. It looks awesome because your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. This is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Dave DeMarco, great to have you back. Oh, thank you. It was good to be back. So much easier to work with than that jackass Joe Patrick. Sorry about Joe falling off the toilet. Yeah, you know. What can you do? He's getting old. It's true. (laughs) 